Support for this podcast is brought to you by Mountain Crumpets Waste and Recycling Services. Every who down in Whoville likes Christmas a lot, but getting rid of your mounds of garbage once it ends, you do not. You counted the days until Christmas all year, but the days following the holiday are truly something to fear. Dead Christmas trees, broken lights, bad neckties, and duplicate presents, and what on earth are you supposed to do with the gone bad leftover pheasants? Why, call the Grinch and his dog Max up on Mount Crumpet. Their waste and recycling service knows exactly where to dump it. While getting rid of all of the old and broken holiday excess is never a pleasure, they understand that one who's trash is another what's treasure. So don't hesitate to pick up the phone and call the Grinch. We promise he won't scoff. He'll take care of all of your trash. Use promo code TISTHEPOD for 20% off. Enjoy the show. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey guys, how are y'all? Good. Doing good. Doing good. Uh, Christmas I just have to... is in the air. Oh, it is. It's everywhere you look. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> oh, singing Tom is my favorite, Tom. <laughs> it just makes me so happy. <laughs> I have to spread Christmas cheer. That's the purpose of this podcast. And everybody knows the best way to do that is singing loud for all to hear. That That's right. True. Um, I have to say that the the person who wrote our ad this week really upped our ad game. Um, Major epage. We've upped our standards. <laughs> up yours. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you totally. Yeah, you blew that one out of the park, Anthony. Well done. Well Thank done. you. So Thanks. I'm assuming uh, I just got back from from Boston and everything was looking Christmassy there. And I know here in Tulsa, everything is beautiful and festive i'm assuming uh it's the same for you anthony it is the same for me the malls are all decked out and all the stores and the city has all the lights going up it's beautiful and that's awesome it, it is it's just it's great i was went to target and they've they've fully vomited christmas throughout the entire store in such a beautiful beautiful way it looks like martha stewart threw up in here <laughs> that's what you're that's what you're place looks like anthony i think if somebody came into our house and said that that would be be the biggest (laughs) compliment somebody could give christine (laughs) all right so this week we watched one magic christmas the 1985 disney film i don't know how many people have seen this movie but for those who haven't or those who haven't seen it in a while julia do you mind giving us a plot synopsis absolutely Gideon, a Christmas angel, is sent by Santa to help Jenny Granger, a cynic who hates Christmas. She and her family, husband Jack and two kids, Cal and Abby, have fallen on hard times, making it even harder to believe in anything that can't be seen. 
With help from Abby and a trip to see Santa Claus himself, can Gideon find a way to make Ginny believe again? Good one, Tom. It was a good synopsis, Tom. I copied it because I didn't have enough inspiration to write. So I copied it from MDB. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> All right. So, Anthony, I know you're chomping at the bit. You want to tell us your history to get us kicked off with our discussion? Sure. So I think I was the only one of the three of us who saw this movie as a child or ever before. And I've made it clear on this podcast beforehand that I didn't like it the first time I saw it. So I was looking forward to watching it again with fresh adult eyes to see if my opinion had changed at all. And maybe there was something I was missing as a child. I would like to apologize in advance to our very loyal listener who I know loves this movie. You may not love my reaction to this movie. And I'd also like to apologize to Julia specifically for all my Arthur Christmas hate because you want to talk about a joyless movie? This is it, right? It's depressing. One magic Christmas, there is no magic in this movie. It's are, are, boring. Are we, it's are, depressing. Oh, are we jumping ahead a little bit here? That's even my overall thought. <laughs> it's boring. It's depressing. And... I feel vindicated that my opinion is right all those years ago and is still right. So I would love to hear what you guys think, though. Julia, your history. <laughs> um, yeah, my history was watching it for the first time and probably the last time today. Um, I, yeah, I... Uh, I had never even heard of this movie ever. It came out in like the eighties and you'd think it would have been something I would have seen as a kid. And, and I never did. And and I'm really, I'm kind of glad that I didn't because it's a little terrifying, honestly. Um, Yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it though, because I don't know. Movies like this are pretty fun with the three of us. (laughs) But you, Tom. Um, I watched it for the first time today. I don't have the I don't have the hate that you guys do, so I'm interested to discuss. Um, it's not my favorite movie; it won't make my my top five, or probably even make it into my Christmas canon. But I, um, I'm I'm interested to just jump in. So, um, as a little background, this is uh, again 1985 movie written by Philip Borsosos, who is a Canadian director, and I'd never heard of, and I'm not familiar with any of his work. Um, nope. And it was written um, by Thomas Meehan, who also wrote or had a, a part in writing Elf, Buddy's Musical Christmas, Hairspray, The Producers, and Spaceballs. The Producers, Spaceballs, Hairspray, all just... They're all run, great. Home runs. So I was really surprised to hear that he, uh, he had anything to do with this movie. Especially if you look at the, the general feel of, the, of those other four movies I mentioned. I mean, those are... Um, you can see a connection between those, but you throw this in and it, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it is out of left field. Out of, I mean, I don't even, I, I love Spaceballs. So hey. I love all of those movies except Elf Buddy's Musical Christmas. <laughs> so our overall feel vibe of this movie, what do you guys think? What's your, I, I know we've got, we've got a, a little taste of it in our histories, but what, what's your feel 
for this movie. It gives me a, I mean, I, I think it's a movie that's set at Christmas more than it is a Christmas movie. I don't get any of the warm Christmas fuzzy feelings from this film. And it's a film that includes Santa Claus and angels and Christmas carols and snow. I get none of the joy. That's the word of the night, just like it was at the start of Christmas. Joy and joyless. And I'm getting none of that. None of the joy from this film. Yeah, it's really unbalanced. I mean, there are some movies that are really depressing that I really love like Cold Mountain. I love that movie. It is so depressing, but that movie is gorgeous. So there are people that can pull this off, but this movie does not pull off making depressing interesting. Uh, and and I don't know that a Christmas movie can exist in that plane successfully. And, and I feel like the writing was like wildly inconsistent and just they made a lot of weird choices. Like if Gideon's mission was to fill Ginny with Christmas spirit and cheer? Why was he spending all the time with her daughter instead of her? Shouldn't he have had more of a Christmas ghost past, present, future type vibe and be spending all the time with Ginny and making her see all that stuff rather than with the daughter? Like I was just really confused with how much time he's spending with the daughter rather than Ginny. And super creepy too. Yeah, really creepy. creepy. Super creepy. Yeah. I mean, it, it was yeah. like, like uh, uh, this is the kind of situation I'm going to definitely teach my daughter to avoid at all possible costs. Um, yeah, yeah, avoid what? men who hang out in trees and trench coats and cowboy hats. But what if an actual angel day? comes down? Um, what if oh. what? What if an actual angel comes down dressed like that? Well, I'm pretty sure it's not going to tell her it's a oh. dead person because, guys, we have to get into a little soteriological view of, 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 of uh, Western religions. And for those of you who may be confused, there are no, uh, the, the Judeo-Christian belief system does not teach anywhere that when somebody dies, they become an angel. But it's not a thing, and it annoys me. But that was, net, that, I don't have an issue with that in this film. Because uh, it's, not the fir- it's not the first film that's portrayed people as having died and become angels. And it's, it's not even the first Christmas film that had angels working for Santa instead of elves. There have been other films that have done that before, and not it's not a favorite choice of mine personally. I hate, I hate, I've always hated that in every movie they've done that in. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who believe in fairness that when people die, it's not the re- official religion is don't, but there are a lot of people out there who refer to people becoming angels after they die. Yeah, it's it's bad, it's bad theology left over from the Middle Ages. But the other thing I have to I have to go on a little tangent about here. The way this movie is shot, uh, the scenes that we see, even things that are supposed to be Christmassy, like at the end, when all the Christmas lights come on on the street, the Christmas oh. lights are even depressing. How in the world do you show Christmas lights magically coming on on a street, and you look down the street and you're like, oh, this is really depressing. Yeah. This reminded me of the same sad oh. little town with the sad little tree from Santa's sleigh. Yeah. Oh, but I think that I think hell was even a little more festive I would have been than this one was. In hell. Yeah, they had the. <laughs> we were in hell. No, they had the banners on the light poles and stuff in Santa's sleigh, and I love those. And like this one, really, they didn't. I mean, it, it, and it made me really sad that they lit that Chris that big tree in in town square or wherever it was on Christmas Eve. It, I don't know. I want to enjoy something all year. Right. I realize that must be a tradition and stuff, but 
Christmas, they wait that long to light the tree? They get it for a day? There are actually a lot of small towns across the country that actually do the Christmas Eve I lighting. know. You always say stuff like that about putting the tree up on Christmas Eve, and I'm like, who puts their tree up Christmas Eve? And you're like, well, <laughs> hey, half of I'll, the United States. I don't agree with it. I put my tree, my tree is up. My tree is on November 1st. <laughs> yeah. I don't agree with it. <laughs> oh, that's uh, yeah, it, Yeah, it's just not – I don't know. There, there wasn't much – contrast at For all. the record, I'm just defend- defending the little people here. I know. Do you're doing right because I honestly didn't realize that these were traditions and towns. And It's just sad to think of the Christmas tree being so short-lived, especially with all yeah. the work that everybody put into that tree. Yeah. No kidding. That's the biggest part. That's why I put mine up so early so we can like get our full enjoyment out of it. Right? Yep. The kids in this movie weren't even excited about Christmas. I mean, they, they were like, yay, Christmas is coming, but it was no joy on their face. Their eyes were joyless. They didn't understand the true meaning of Christmas. Did you see their faces when their grandfather was like, now I don't have to get you anything for Christmas because oh I gave you this gift? And they yeah. had those really disappointed, selfish expressions on their face. That was and still a- quickly take that back because they would have they were two seconds away from throwing a tantrum. I think they're two seconds yeah, away from crying. Were. That yeah. grandpa though, that's not a nice thing. I mean, that was not a, a nice way to word that. Now I don't have to get you anything for Christmas. That grandpa didn't understand the meaning of Christmas either, because that is a really depressing way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Let's go on to the cast. And I think we have one and a half people to talk about in this whole thing. <laughs> well, besides Mary, Mary Stenbergen. Did you guys know anybody else? Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Besides, besides Mary Stenbergen and Harry Dean Stanton, did you guys know anybody else? Anybody at all? Yeah. Elias Cotius is in it. Who he's is Eddie. It? He's the, well, in the movie, he's the buddy, right? He's the husband's buddy. Okay. But he currently is on Chicago PD. He's my favorite soft-spoken, beret-wearing, awesome mustache cop. On that show. On Chicago PD? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. Weird. Google it. It's awesome. I really like him. I was surprised to see him. He's super young in it. Um, but tiny part, like inconsequential tiny part. Um, and then the husband was familiar to me. He was in Fried Green Tomatoes. He was a Grady. Y'all, did y'all ever see Fried Green Tomatoes? I like that movie. Years ago, not mm-hmm. as a kid, I don't, I don't. So I recognized him from that. He was the wife beater, <clears throat> but no, nobody else. Lots of unknowns. We talked pretty extensively already in the Elf episode about Mary. So we'll, we'll. Uh, if you want to hear more thoughts on her and Christmas, um, you can definitely go back and listen to the Elf episode if you haven't yet. Um, Although this movie, not her best moment by any stretch of the imagination. Such an unlikable character. She yeah. Sang, she sang better in this movie, though. She, she did. did. She did sing better. She sang a lot better. Point. But I'm sorry, in terms of people learning messages from higher powers, I found Scrooge more likable than her. Guys, yeah. the extent that they went to to teach this woman a lesson, they killed her husband and children. Like, whoa, let's take a step back. Scrooge didn't have to go through all of that. And, but yeah, we haven't even told, like, for people who have not well, seen this movie, they don't even know that part yet. Oh, let's, let's wait then. Um, but Harry Dean Stanton, like you said, he played uh, Gideon. His, 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 yeah, his filmography is a mile long. Um, I really liked him in Toot Toot in The Green Mile. Do you guys remember him in The Green Mile? Yeah. I know him best he was, from Aliens. He, aliens? Oh, yeah. 
he was so he's just such a he's just a powerful actor um, mm-hmm. in everything except this. Except this. You guys know he died. This movie like sucked the life away. out of every. Yeah. Just to I'm bring just, just to bring the sadness on, he died in September of this year. Yes, he did. That's horrible. But his was the only character I liked in this movie. The really? Creep, I'm sorry. He was. He played it way too creepy. He was literally the only character I liked in this film. I didn't like the kids. I didn't like Santa Claus. I didn't like Ginny. I didn't like her husband. None of them. He was the only one. Yeah. He the the I don't I blame the director for how creepy he came across because I didn't find his dialogue creepy so much as the whole look of his character. True. Mm-hmm. True. And the random harmonica playing really got to me. It's like okay, now why are you just sitting here playing a harmonica in the North Pole? Which I wanted. To he looked like he was waiting for the Polar Express to take him to the North Pole. Uh, to <laughs> me, yeah, he looked like a total train. To me, it looked like he was on the top of the Polar Express already. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He did. He totally looked at the Polar Express hobo. Guys, this is going to be a short episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the girl plays Abby, Elizabeth Harnois. She was in a Mm -hmm. Christmas movie that I like on Hallmark, I think, or Lifetime, The Christmas Kiss 2. I don't know if y'all have seen the romantic comedy Christmas Kisses. I have not. Christmas Kiss 1 and 2. You know, they're, they're the hokey... I felt, oh, yeah. you know, I kissed you on an elevator and then you're gone and now we're going to find each other in a very unlikable way, but fall in love anyway movie. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of fun. Um, she was the star of that. All grown up, I guess, huh? Thank God. Oh well, yeah, if she's that kissing lot, people on elevators. A grown, a grown man as a child. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a Roman Polanski film, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Who else kind of hates that they named this woman Ginny? Like Ginny from... Like our Ginny. And Granger just felt differently. Uh, the Granger oh. thing bothered me, but I mean, I can't believe they, yeah. I mean, it totally ruins Ginny from the block for me moving forward. Oh. <laughs> There's your Harry Potter reference. <laughs> it's the, although it's as opposed to having a cute little British dialect, like uh, Hermione did starting out on the Harry Potters, we have some, terrible attempts at some sort of weird southern i think maybe attempts at southern dialogue or southern dialect i don't understand in fairness mary steenberger steenberger whatever her name is is from down south and the west she's from arkansas i didn't know that oh she's from yep. arkansas yep <gasps> that's interesting Man, when you get excited about where the actor in a terrible movie is from, you know that it really was a terrible movie. <laughs> I can say one thing, that she pulled off that perm pretty good. That nice 80s short perm. Girlfriend rocked it. I My had mom had that, that hair. You did? No. <gasps> Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking while my beard's long, I want to do a perm in my beard and just see what it'll look like before I shave it. People in 80s movies always look so much older than they actually were because of the hairstyles. So Christina and I were talking, if you compare her in this movie to Elf, which was 18 years later, there's not much aging happening. Just saying something good about her in 2003, but something really bad about her in 1985. Yeah. Uh, I would say something good about her in 03. I'd blame the hairstyle in 85. Yeah, it was all the hair because her skin was really nice. I, I just can't believe this is the same actress. I really can't. I just have to go back. Her, her character in this, she's just, she's not a believable character. And I think some of that has to do with the writing and because her response to, to, to the way to, to things happening just doesn't seem believable. And I think that may be more direction than her, but I don't know. When her husband gets shot, 
Yeah. The the reaction is, or when her kids are just missing. Like if you're, yeah, when Abby is missing and she goes into the room and she's just like, Abby, like uh, Abby, like she doesn't have a moment of freak out that her kid's missing in the middle of the night. The day her husband died. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The night her husband died. Well, and then I'm thinking when the car goes in the water, which we'll discuss, you know, when we get a little further in, but this is about the act, her as an actress. When the car goes in the water, that pause and her kind of looking like what's going on, I can't imagine a parent not jumping in the water or at least going closer to the water faster. Uh, yeah. I, I do not blame Mary Steenburgen. I know she's a good actress. I do. We, we, we have seen that. But, but... I think she phoned it in because I think she knew when she was making this, this is a crappy film she had to have. There's no way. I think they she all knew making this. The other thing that got me is the, the whole storyline about um, Gideon's life where he died trying to save some kid in the water. He drowned. Yeah, I, liked, I liked that story. That was cool. But then, you know, he jumped in the water when he couldn't swim to try to save a kid. She didn't get, even get wet when her kids go in the water. I mean. Right, right. <laughs> and that's See, and that's bad writing because any, other script, said, any writing. other script would have drawn that parallel and had her jump into the water to save her kids. See, that's where if I were making the movie, that's what I would have done is I would have had her jump in and had Gideon save them and let her see the angel that way. I think there could have been a lot more powerful message there and would have made her more relatable and believable as a mom in this. But she was just so cold and standoffish about everything that I, I couldn't get past it. Literally everything. And I, I still can't get past the writing in that Gideon spent all this whole movie with Abby rather than her, but he was trying to teach Ginny the lesson and not Abby. Like that annoyed me. That's bad writing. We see at the end, he's trying to get Abby to help her get to that realization as opposed to, you know, Clarence in It's a Wonderful Life just being, bam, here's what's going on and explaining everything or the three ghosts in any of the Christmas carols. This is about her leading her to that revelation or so I thought until we get to the end and it still takes something beyond normal course of events to get her to that point just doesn't make sense to me. No, exactly. I preferred Clarence and the three ghosts me too. and how they did it to how Gideon did it. Yep. What do you think? Also, do you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. Stop creeping on the yeah. kid Gideon. I um I really think we need to clue listeners that have not seen this movie into the craziness that we're referencing here. Okay, good. Because like I was not expecting any of this. When all of this movie started to go down, I was like, what the actual is happening? Like what is happening? What just happened on my screen? The first time we see this family, they're walking down the street, mom, dad, kids, daughter's real excited about Santa, and older brother dad are like trying to protect her from mom telling her there is no santa claus and i'm just like what kind of mom just wants to belt that out in the middle of the street like no big deal i don't they're just walking they're they're walking there are people everywhere and she's on the verge of of crushing her child's belief system at this point um sadly i've heard conversations like that on the streets of new york you people new yorkers are just horrible people take that back (laughs) (laughs) so you've got Mom, who is trying to hold down financially, hold down the fort because dad has lost his job. She's super stressed, works at a grocery store, is not a very pleasant human being. And while all this is happening, they've lost their house. And so they're having to move out of their house. So she is super stressed. And at this point in the movie, 
I was holding on to hope that this might turn out to be really something magical, right? Because I think if anything it did capture well was the 1980s financial climate for a lot of people. Maybe even not specifically 1980s. But I actually wrote down in my notes, here's a Christmas experience not many people touch. The one where you have Christmas in front of you and you have financially strapped people that don't make a ton of money and there's not a lot left over. I felt for her in that moment. I felt for the dad in that moment. It didn't last very long, <laughs> but in that moment I did. So the family's stressed. The kids, of course, are obsessed with Santa and getting stuff. And this angel shows up. So Gideon is the angel we were referencing. Gideon is actually a guy that died and was selected and became a Christmas angel afterwards. And his one thing he's tasked with every year is to turn the mind of somebody who is basically lost their Christmas spirit and bring them back to Christmas spirit. The way he figures to do this with Santa's blessing is to basically take everything away from Jenny, the mom, and have that be a way that she comes back to Santa and comes back to Christmas spirit. Can we talk about for a minute that Santa is directing a bunch of angels to go give people Christmas spirit? Yeah, I haven't gotten into that part yet. But yeah, a real problem with that too. Okay. So, and- but just basic plot-wise though. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Husband is in the bank trying to get a loan for a bike shop he wants to open because he's like the, he's the Linus character sort of, right? He's real kind of dopey. He loves Christmas. He's pushing Christmas on the kids. We like the dad, even though he's real one note. Um, he's in a bank. He gets shot and killed in front of his wife, dead. Kids are still in the car because it was the 80s when you could leave your kids in a running car or a not running car out in the parking lot. Nobody cared, tried to turn you into Child Protective Services. And the bank robber gets into the car and gets off on a police chase with two kids back in the car. Her kids are in the back of the car. Well, he gets going crazy and he drives off a bridge and you think the kids have died and the mom is seeing all of this happen. And so this is how her Christmas spirit is tested by having literally all of her people taken away. She realizes pretty quickly the kids escaped and the kids are fine, but her husband is dead over which she does not cry about. At least not for very long. Not only does she not cry, nobody even tries to help him. He gets shot, falls. She goes down to hold him and she's like, he's dead. Nobody checked his pulse. Nobody tried to stop the bleeding. Nobody did anything. They just kind of sat back and were like, eh, let's see what happens. (laughs) So it's all of these events culminate in an ending where she ends up finding Christmas spirit again. She's presented with the letter that she wrote to Santa all these years ago, but I'm sorry, but what a jerk Santa. What a jerk move Santa. Yeah. Hashtag not my Santa. And I'm not just saying just because of his disgustingly long, long eyebrows. I don't know (laughs) what is going on. Mrs. Claus needs to take some weed whacker to those things and just get them under. Hashtag not my Mrs. Claus either. She looked like the (laughs) bag shot in Deathly Hallows after Nagini had already killed her and was about to pop out of her neck. Yeah. I'm sorry. She She looked like a corpse that a snake was going to pop out of and attack the main kid. And and all those people working with Santa, was, was he running like an old folks home? there i mean like the guys he has move his ladder for him when he's trying to find jenny's letter yeah yeah santa says I, people think it's elves but what doesn't he say something like that yeah people yeah. always think it's elves 
First of all, when he's on that ladder looking for the letter, he reminded me of Ollivander going through the wands, trying to find the perfect wand. <laughs> but um, That's very gracious of you. <laughs> but, 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 like I referenced before, this is not the first Christmas movie to have angels at the North Pole instead of elves. Not my personal preference, but there, this wasn't the first one. There have been others like it. But... And, you know, it's not my favorite. I can get past it. But my problem is that Santa is basically acting like God and sending them off to teach these people lessons, Mm -hmm. like, around the world. Who are you? Your job as Santa is to reward the good people. Right. By, By using life and death and kidnapping. Yeah. So that's my huge problem. That's my huge problem, that they gave him divine powers. Give him Christmas magic, whatever he needs to stay alive and get around the world, whatever. But you make you made, basically essentially made him a god in this movie. You essentially made him god. Yes. He was talking from the moon at the beginning, just like in It's a Wonderful Life when you saw the stars talking at the beginning when the Clarence is getting his assignment from his superior. That bothered me. And not even from like, I mean, I am a religious person, but just aside from that, I just don't like, if I, if I was not, I wouldn't want Santa to be that like powerful, no. powerful. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. That's what absolutely killed it in this movie. And, and it's right from were the you get-go. about to say that's your least favorite Santa we've covered so far. No, but I will say that it is my least favorite Santa oh, we've covered oh, so over far. Santa's sleigh. Yes. Yes. I think so. I, so you would prefer the, take... the murdering demonic Santa Claus? Probably. Wow. He's a more interesting anyway. I'll give you that. So I'm like, not, let's, not, let's that talk far, about the... I, you're not going to go that far? <laughs> were, you gonna, were you about to go to the North Pole? Because that's where I was going. Uh, yes. Okay, so I lead, was us going there too. lead us in. Let's go together. Okay. So this is one of the more unique depictions of the North Pole I've ever seen. It made me sad. And by unique, yeah. I mean, it sucked. This is a low-budget, so, like... It really is. <laughs> so it's an above-the-ground. We've talked about underground ones. This one was not underground. It was above-ground. It looked very Norway, which I thought was kind of cute. I mean, not really well done. The set was pretty cheap and all of that, but... They the had, like, Eastern the lighthouse. European accents, which I Function, can live yeah. with. Yeah, all of that. Not bad. Yep. Um, I... I actually liked that mrs claus referred to him as nicholas i thought it was cute here you, mm-hmm. here's your sweater nicholas i thought that was sweet yep but then santa walks into the workshop and the workshop is a factory hashtag osha osha is this okay <laughs> no and and it's stuffed by a bunch of dead dead old people hashtag ben gay i mean it's just like a sea of old people, and I love old people, by the way, but I don't want old people running my North Pole. There were no. a few younger people in there. Not, 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 not enough. enough. You, I'm sorry. You know is, what would have been better? Like a DMV. I am sorry. It looked like a DMV. <laughs> and watching them try to find <laughs> records in there, again, like the DMV. The angels, old people, whatever they were there with him, were not happy folks. They all looked... If they weird. actually had a, did maybe a rewrite on the script to try to make it a little better, you would have thought since at that point her dad was dead, she could have run into her dad up there and had a sweet scene with her dad. But that would also have been really sad. Yeah. I think, I think you by would... him not being there, it gives us, it left open the possibility for him to come back. I think if she would have met him there, that would have been a little. That would have been I a... don't think so. Because so. Well, you're wrong. It's cute. 
<laughs> I, 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 I'm glad that I'm the one who warned us off this movie and nobody what, listened to what his, me. What his, wait, because when her dad came back and she's like, you're alive. He's like, of course I'm alive. So would he have remembered their encounter in the afterlife? No, and that wouldn't have changed anyway. Oh, I'm just, I just saying, you, I would, just wish, you have this rule where dead people become angels and go work at the North Pole. Then you should have had the dead father become an angel and go to the North Pole. Maybe That's a terrible rule. Maybe he went to hell. I'm saying it, the story's not even paying attention to its own logic. And if he was, if he went to hell, then no character in this movie stood a freaking chance of going to the North Pole. If he was the best character in terms of cheer and joy and good people skills in this film, um, it makes no sense. It's infuriating. I'm still, I'm still back. I, I still have to go back because I don't think I've driven the point home hard enough yet. Why are the workers at the North Pole not happy? If yeah. Gideon is sent back to spread Christmas cheer to those among the living, why is everybody at the North Pole so droll? Why does maybe, Santa care? Maybe that's Gideon's why the dad's too. not at the North Pole. The North Pole is hell, and those are the people who Gideon's mind. Gideon doesn't change their minds. <laughs> I don't know. I just I had a I had a really hard time with the, the North Pole was what did it, and and I could have looked past the really low budget cheesy model that they made of the North Pole, but I feel like they even phoned that in. That model was not very welcoming. I, I mean, like there's a lighthouse and a barn mm-hmm. and a house, and that's it. Um, I- I didn't, see, I didn't see the reindeer, which is always sad when you're there. No, because no, the sled there, was there a flipping ball of light. No, there was a reindeer. Where? No, no, Where? no, 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 swear. Because I was like, are those reindeer? Then you, then I had to go close to the TV and there were antlers. They were like at one of the model shots towards the like bottom of the screen. Go back and look. There were two reindeer in this film. Okay, I'm not defending this to film. Go back and look. I'm not defending this film clearly because you can see how angry I am. But there were. <laughs> if you go to the North Pole, it should be a bigger deal that you get to see the reindeer. What? What? That's one of the things that's so heartwarming about the North Pole is is all of these reindeer that you can see that are flying and magical and hold all this we wonder are. for kids. And you just go there, and it's a barn, a lighthouse, a bunch of cranky people, and a couple of reindeer in an off shot. It's just depressing. Even the North Pole yeah. is depressing. Everything is depressing. The street light, the Christmas lights in the street. There's just nothing cheerful about this movie. Even their musical choices that they have throughout it, where they have music playing really low in the back, it's all sad. And you know what? The, the, the first 40 music. minutes of this film, how many near-death experiences her freaking kids had. Uh, in all fairness, Every that's, time that's she went outside, <laughs> Gideon had to save her from a hockey puck. Uh, Oh, Gideon had to save her from a car. Gideon had to save her from the car. Co- oh! <laughs> Why are they trying to save this woman's soul? Because she's clearly a terrible mother. <laughs> oh, but after seeing a, a day in the life of her, uh, her job. Yeah, this Santa looks more like Drosselmeyer than he looks like anybody from the Nutcracker. With the patch on his eye. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Long eyebrows and that gray. I'm not a fan of gray-haired Santas. Guys, I'm okay of the nut- if it's mostly white with a little gray, but not gray like this guy was. Do you get it's no Disney as a version of the Nutcracker coming out next year? Oh, that's exciting. Is it live action? Well, what kind of version is it? Like, a, it's Disney Pictures, live action, animated type. It's coming out around November, like a week after the new Grinch movie's coming out. So we should cover both of those next year. I love the Nutcracker so much, guys. Me too. I love it. 
Tchaikovsky hated it. I love it. Yes. Me too. Oh, Santa didn't have a hat either. That bothered me. That bothered me too. No hat. Bad hair. Also, he Bad looked hair. like a creepy burglar inside of the house when he visited their house. <laughs> I'm sorry, he did. If I walked downstairs and saw that, that guy under my tree, I'd <laughs> call the cops or I don't know, hit him over the head or something because he's a freaky looking <laughs> dude. Looks like a bum. He did. He did. He was, I mean, even Santa looked sad. But he that's like clearly the aesthetic of the North Pole. Him and Gideon both look like hobos. Yeah. So, to quote the Big Lebowski, I don't think that's proper nomenclature. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember that? I do. Uh-huh. God, I love that, <laughs> that movie. I, and don't take that personally, Anthony. I'm not trolling you or anything. I look for any opportunity to, to, to quote the dude saying, I don't think that's proper nomenclature. <laughs> <laughs> I have one quote I like from this movie. When we're talking about things we like, there's one quote I like in this movie. And it's where... I have, I have one quote I want to mention too, but I don't like it. It's where Abby tells the, the guy from her dad's work, his boss or whatever, my dad says you're a dork. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one line I like. That's the- a really sad excuse for a favorite quote. <laughs> Do you have a better one to, to, to suggest? Absolutely not. What quote do you have written down, Julia? Did you say you oh, had I one? I have a quote. Yeah, but it's not a favorite. It's just one that made, well, yeah. It was when she is explaining to the kids how their father is dead. Oh. And she said. So awkward. And she said, he shot your dad and your dad got killed. <laughs> and I wanted to drive my fingers through the computer screen and strangle somebody. Dad got killed. So the one line I want to draw attention to, it's not even funny. It's not good. It's not bad. It just stuck out to me like a sore thumb because they clearly took the line where she said it once and then just inserted it in in seven more times because it's the same expression, same inflection, everything. When she's touring the North Pole, Abby... She says, my brother's never going to believe this. 15 freaking times. And the same inflection, same everything. They clearly, and they never show her saying it other than the once. So they're, cl- they're always wide shots of the North Pole. So they clearly took the line and just inserted it at random times. And it stood out to me like a sore thumb. And I was like, how bad is this movie? I'm going to start, throughout all of our podcasts, just start saying, Anthony's never going to believe this. He's never gonna believe this. Or I'll just get a little recorder and record it once and keep playing. It was. This is a Disney movie. Oh, I tell you what, I never realized how how hit and miss Disney movies are on Christmas. So what I so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Um, What Christine and I actually liked about this movie when we were talking about it as we were watching it, it does have and and it has nothing to do with the movie. It has nothing to do with the way it's felt. It's filmed. I've never seen it before, but there's something very nostalgic about it. Like when you're watching it, it feels old. Does that make sense? It does feel old. It feels like... In the same way that... It feels like something old that we should like. Like something about it, it feels like we should like it. I totally agree with that. I 100% agree with that. I think it feels old and like you should like it, but I don't count that as a positive. It's just aged. Uh, Which is... Okay, so which is why I, I... legitimately wonder 
the people that like this movie. So we found with Christmas movies in particular, right, that time covers, what is it? Time covers a lot of sins or whatever that saying is, that if you latch onto a movie as a kid, a Christmas movie in particular, and you love it, then you're a lot more likely to love it forever, despite its faults. And so I wonder of the people that like this, like particularly with Stacy, she saw it as a kid. And so I wonder if that is a big part of people liking this movie in particular. I saw it as a kid too, though. And I didn't Not that it's always kid. the case, right? So I know with you it wasn't. But I mean, there are movies I saw from the 80s as a kid that I watch now and I'm like, gosh, what was I thinking? If, if that's the case, oh, I know Stacey or anyone, or anyone who saw this as a kid and is listening and you do like it and you think that plays a part, can you explain to me what? Because I'll say viewing it as a kid, I didn't have all of these problems I have with it now. My main problem with it as a kid was it was boring. It wasn't like, I can't see how a kid would not find it boring if they were watching it young enough, I mean. Yeah, it was it was slow. For example, when the bank robbers running away and and Jenny's following him, they spent a lot of time mm-hmm. showing the the branches of the trees just swinging. Like I think it counted the magical wind. Like a really long time, and I didn't understand what that was. And I, I mean, if there's a magical wind, I went right over my head, and still is. I, I didn't get that at all. Yeah. So that stuff is what I found boring. But I feel like, to be fair, <laughs> we should. I'm going to read Stacy's comment right now because she addresses quite a few of the things we've said, and it's it's good to have another perspective. Um, Always. She said uh, she loves that the angel Gideon appears somewhat scraggly rather than a perfect looking gentleman. To her, it shows that everyone has a place in Christmas, in heaven, and hope. And her favorite from the line from the movie is that she uses year round is also the one that I picked up on. Apparently I had this my first time reading her comment. She says, my daddy says you're a dork. <laughs> oh, um, see, I... Interesting perspective. It is. It, it, just... it is and, and I can even see, you know, we, we say he looks like a hobo, but it does show that you don't have to be perfect to serve a greater purpose, yeah. which is kind of nice. That is a good Very message nice. that, that I didn't catch mm-hmm. on to that Stacy shared. And, and I can, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does. I mean, it's not anything new to have an angel looking like a hobo. Clarence wasn't the best dressed guy either. No, no, I, I agree with that. It doesn't have to be new, but like I said, I, I can at least respect you know that that perspective. What what I'll be really curious about is all of our listeners who have been following along and watching the movies with us. All of their first time seeing it now, what they think. Like if they have as many problems with it as we do, I, I I'm I really I think they will. I, I think the majority t- of people that are watching it as adults. But I mean, think about the stuff we're picking apart, right? It the acting and the writing and in the she's a terrible parent and how would you actually feel if your kids died? None of this stuff is stuff that kids care about or worry. About. So I can see people that have watched this as kids that they that love endures. Even though when they watch it later in life, they're like, that's a little questionable, but I still love this movie. Nostalgia is the only way I can see people yeah, still exactly. liking this that's... movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. I don't know if I wish I would have seen it as a kid, so I liked this movie a little more. If I'm glad I saw it as an adult and I see it for what it is, I can't decide. Uh, it was. I'll say this. I really did truly go into this with an open mind. I hadn't seen it in years, and I was like, maybe I'll like it more as an adult. Maybe I found it boring because I was a kid. So I did try. It's just, I had a whole new slew. It's still boring. I caught up on a new, a whole, I caught a whole slew of new issues with it. So does it pass the Linus test? Yes. 
Yeah, he does. If Linus's puppy and grandmother are slaughtered in front of him and his dog's entrails are used to write out the meaning of Christmas, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's even close. I think it passes. It does, but it's a very, it passes in a very dark way. It, it does, yeah. It, it, take, it, it, takes a real, it takes some real darkness to get to that point. Um, so we got that. Um, I think we've covered everything. Does anybody have any final thoughts? Or are we ready just to rank this puppy? Um, I would like to just apologize to Stacy once again. We know you're looking forward to us covering this, and we know you love this movie, and it's one of your favorites. So we hope you weren't disappointed with our review. You know, I wish I had your nostalgia for it because I, any other movie I could watch yearly, Christmas movie, I would love, but I just can't with this one. That's not a part of my Christmas canon, and it won't be. We still appreciate you, Stacey, and all of your support. Yes, most definitely. You let that Christmas freak flag fly, girl. All right, Julia, do you want to rate first? <clears throat> sure. What do you give it? So I am going to give this movie a point eight five. Oof. Wow. Anthony. Um, I'm not I mean I'm grading it for what it is, but I do just want to preface this by saying I would, not even in a mystery science theater, 3,000 type of way, rather watch Santa's sleigh over this. Or, and I'll be home for Christmas, honestly. But, Me too. I, uh, gave Arthur Christmas before. Oh my gosh, that's a litmus test. It is a litmus oh. test, Jeray. I gave Arthur Christmas before, but like I said at the beginning of this, I had to apologize to Arthur Christmas because I thought that movie was joyless. But compared to this, that movie's full of Christmas cheer. So I will give this a three. I gave it a three. Wow, I really was the Grinch in this one, wasn't I? You You're were a harsh scorer. But I, really find it, I find it funny when I say that I don't hate something and Anthony hates it and we come to the same number. <laughs> um, it's really interesting to me. I, I'm a I'm a lenient scorer. You are. You are. I am not. All right. So let's see where this rounds up in the list. Hold on. This movie comes in between I'll Be Home for Christmas and Santa's Sleigh with a 2.28. Behind those two? Between those two. Oh, okay. Sorry, so I'll Be Home sorry. for Christmas, then One Magic Christmas, then Santa's Sleigh. Uh, I mean, honestly, I just said two seconds ago, I'd rather watch either of those two movies over this. I just couldn't score it higher than, I just couldn't score it lower than Santa Slay just based on content. This one at least tried to be a real film. It did. <laughs> there was an attempt. There was an attempt. Roger Ebert wrote an interesting review saying he thought it was a good script, but before what they were going he gave it a bad review he said the writing was decent but the script wasn't polished and for the direction what they were trying to be a christmas film they failed which i think there's something to that yeah all right well let's see what we've heard from our uh, our elves in the wild out there people who uh, listen to us and have engaged with us um julia we had a twitter response this week for you yes yeah, so we heard from at so yeah, on Twitter, we heard from at Stefan Anthony um, regarding our 
what do you think of one, one magic Christmas question? And he put on one magic Christmas quote, worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. Well, Stefan, have you seen Santa sleigh? I would suggest you watch it. It's would a little you? more entertaining than this. <laughs> and then we got a, a few interactions. So we're cutting down a little bit. We're not reading each and everything that we get from people just, um, for time's sake, but we are catching the gist of what everybody's saying. So if you have something that uh, um, you may hear us reading that gets a little edited or put to get a couple things put together, no, that's why. So Anthony, you want to read what the Thin White Duke had to say this week? Sure. A Thin White Duke said, just listen to the Santa Claus and agree with your viewpoints on how festive and lovely it is. I agree that the Linus moment happens for each of the adults, which is very heartwarming. I've also always loved the interrogation scene and often repeat his Santa names <laughs> along with his big grin at the end. Um, in the UK here, we here and we left out amidst pie along with a little bit of whiskey or brandy for Santa. Ooh, Santa must have fun at your house. Um, <laughs> my mom always made sure it was a healthy dose in the tumbler for him. We also have carrots out for the reindeer as well, which always had some nibbles taken out of them in the morning. So it's not just me, Santa came back down the chimney to leave the nibbled carrots. Maybe he brought um, one reindeer in the house. <laughs> um, I just have to say, I like the idea of Santa of, of boozing up Santa. On oh, heck yeah. I have not yet seen One Magic Christmas, which is very unusual for me as a festive film and TV addict. I will watch it before next week. Oh, the, uh, then wait, dude. I just want to apologize on behalf of all of us, but especially Tom, for putting this movie into the schedule that you had to watch. Yeah, this is yeah, not I, a festive film. This is well, me but too? he didn't. This was you. I didn't. Well, see. but you added it more well, out of I think well, we, function. We, we, originally, the holiday was here, and then you said it would be cool to do what Stacy oh. suggested. I love the holiday. Spoiler um, alert! I like that movie. Me too. Uh, a a then white. <laughs> Are you Duke. embarrassed? <laughs> That's my favorite part in that whole movie. <laughs> Accidental boob graze. Sorry about that. Are you embarrassed? <laughs> They're in the middle of the blockbuster. Okay, sorry. Um, a thin white do a thin white duke also said also i'm about to get to patreon to give you guys a little something return for those bonus podcasts i'm a poor teacher so can't give a lot at the moment but maybe in the future when i make my millions so thank you a thin white duke we appreciate that and maybe tom now's a good moment to talk about patreon for a second yeah so we've got a few uh, uh uh patreons already right now which is pretty exciting thank you guys for the support um, we're not trying to get rich off this podcast. What we'd like to do is get enough just to cover what we put into it, cover our monthly and yearly expenses, and then have a little extra to get some cool product, some cool Tis the Podcast product um, in that we can then ship to our, our patrons. Um, so that's really the, the gist of it. If you go to Patreon, Patreon and search Tis the Podcast, you'll find us. Right now, we only have one bonus episode up. It was a Halloween-themed episode. It was Hocus Pocus. We covered Hocus Pocus. But we do are planning on doing Batman Noel soon to coincide with the release of Justice League next week or the week after. That'll be where we look at a Christmas comic book, which will be a new medium for us. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, um, we also got some feedback from Disco 54. Of our top five films so far, which are Elf, The Santa Claus, Muppets Christmas Carol, Home Alone, and Krampus. He said, our top five won't stay that way. Elf and Santa Claus will stay. Krampus definitely won't. 
I, I agree. Totally agree. Yep. He said the whole seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing thing. It's just a comment on faith and the way that children perceive Christmas. Children have a very simplistic worldview. Mostly they accept the reality that's presented to them. There's a quote I love that goes, never worry about the size of your Christmas tree. In the eyes of children, they are all 30 feet tall. I love that quote. That's great. Um, to a child lucky enough to have parents who care enough to make the effort, Christmas will always be pure magic and that is enough to make them believe. They see because they have no choice. The world is very small. Christmas is a time when the rules are broken. Trees grow indoors, reindeer fly, presents appear from nowhere, and all by magic. Weary, often hungover parents do all they can to instill faith that Christmas gives them so much because we want the children to have memories we have because so much of Christmas is nostalgia. I can honestly say that the best Christmases I've ever had are as a parent. Making Christmas for my little guys is just the best. Being Santa is way more fun than getting stuff from Santa. The whole point of Christmas is to build up those layers of nostalgia and ritual and stories to look back on so you have a history with it. That's why Clark Griswold is my Patronus. I love that. I love love all of that. Disco 54 always has really good takes on everything. Like... Julia had asked in the Santa Claus episode last week whether there's any movies about a mom snapping to her senses, like kind of a downbeat, deadbeat mom. And Disco 54 came through for us again and told us uh, there is a film about that. It's called An All-American Christmas Carol, which is described as a white trash mom is visited by three ghosts intent on showing her a path to a brighter future. That sounds- Guys, that movie looks amazing. It looks terrible. <laughs> oh, I am so but excited. But in an amazing sort of way, maybe? I'm not sure. I haven't made my mind up yet. I vote we add that one to the list and thank Disco 54 <laughs> for it. We definitely should. We have slots early next year or so. We get just the best feedback. We have some super awesome listeners, guys. We really do. I really love them. We're getting a lot more. Mm-hmm. We are. It's really exciting. I'm sure it's, it's going to continue to grow. Through Christmas, which will be fun. uh, Speaking of feedback, we always appreciate you guys leaving ratings and reviews for us on iTunes, Facebook, um, spreading the word about us via Reddit and Twitter or wherever you might do that. And we hope you guys continue. Every rating review helps and helps new listeners find us and it helps us spread the Christmas cheer 365 days a year. So please continue to do that because you've been great at it so far. And I know that our giveaway just ended, but we will probably be launching one sooner rather than later. So keep your ears open for that. So I'm really excited to announce next week's movie. And again, we're doing this to coincide with the release of Justice League. And that is Tim Burton's 1992 film, Batman Returns, starring Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, and Michelle Pfeiffer. So between this, Justice League and Batman Noel, this DC fan is going to have a great week. Oh, me too. I got my tickets to Justice League the other day. I'm so excited. Yay. All right. So I have a question for you guys this week. Um, and it's really funny. I came up with this question and then saw Disco 54 made a post um, when I was getting ready for the episode. Had a post on Reddit uh, along the same lines. But I was going to ask, what Christmas commercials do you guys look forward to each year? I am a sucker for the Peter Comes Home Folgers commercial that comes on every Christmas. He comes home and he makes the, the coffee and that you can hear it percolating and you can smell it. And it was Folgers in your cup. Oh, I love Folgers commercials, guys. That's my favorite Christmas one. I love them all, but that one gives me the feels every time. That's a great one. Christine and I were having a talk about that one today, which is actually what, what spawned my interest in doing this. We were talking, she was telling me about 
her favorite commercial where you're watching One Magic Christmas and discussing the nostalgia factor. Uh, she talked about a Hallmark commercial where a guy who wasn't supposed to be home for the holidays comes home and I was like, oh, isn't that Folgers? And she's like, I don't know. So she looks it up and she's like, okay, I found this. Pete comes home and she watch, we watch it. And she said, no, that one's not the one I was thinking about. And then she finds one and it's called Tom Comes Home. And it's a Hallmark commercial as well with along the same lines. Oh. <laughs> well, whoever's coming home. <laughs> I like this. I, I think one of my favorite is more of a winter one in general and not necessarily Christmas. It's um, the snowman outside in the really bad snowstorm. And he comes in, into the warm house melting as he does so and sits at the kitchen table and has a cup of Campbell's suit and the snow melts away and it was actually a kid like yeah. under the snowman he'd been playing outside in the cold I love that one. Oh, I love that one too uh, honorable mention goes to the Eminem one that has been on for like probably like 15 years at this point where they're sneaking to the house uh do you really uh to believe out a bowl of Eminems for Santa and they run into him and they're like he does oh. exist, and they faint, and Santa's like, they do they exist, do and he faints. I love that one, too. That's a great one. <laughs> I did a handbell choir in, like, fifth or sixth grade, and we went, and we got to play at a few banks, and that was so cool. Um, so I still love the Hershey's Kisses, where they're the, the handbells. Yeah, I love yeah. that one. I like the fact that we can all now end the Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays debate, debate and we can just tell everybody Happy Lexus December to Remember, <laughs> because that one is, has now become iconic enough, I think, that, that it counts. But guys, talking of these commercials, we have to do an episode dedicated solely to Christmas commercials. There are so many good ones. I agree, so but I think that one should be a bonus episode on Patreon in December. Ooh, good I'm idea. all for it. Great idea. I mean, you know Christmas commercials are good when ch- channels like TBS and USA dedicate like an hour of programming just playing the best Christmas commercials every year. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Sorry, I'm excited. We're so close to Christmas. So for you guys out there, get on the social medias and let us know what your favorite commercials are because if there's anything we love talking about, it's commercials. Plus, we can use them for bait for our special commercial episode we're going to be recording. And also let us know what you thought of One Magic Christmas and let us know in advance what you thought of Batman Returns. So we have some feedback for that one next week. Hey, guys. What? I have exciting news. (laughs) What? Only 42 days until Christmas. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So excited. That means we only have one more episode to record where we're more than 30 days out. (gasps) Oh, that's even more exciting. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. All right, faithful listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Get out and get your holiday shopping over with before it gets crazy. Yep. And until next week. Bye. Bye. But the children love the books. (laughs) 